0: Well, I'd love to get started here. I'm really excited about today's topic. It's a dream of mine to go to Israel. I know lots of you guys have been or would like to go or would like to go again and again. And so I just asked Jerry and Allison to come on and share a bit about not only visiting Israel, but about how to make a trip happen for your church. And so I have a kind of a list of questions to go through with them and I thought maybe Jerry and Allison I would just give you guys a few minutes to start and you could just share some some overall feelings about the importance of going to Israel as as far as just not only your personal relationship with Jesus but about also leading people there. And then we can go through some questions. And I'm I'm recording this so that I can then share it with lots of people, as I know some people are traveling to Renew and things like that this week. Uh, so let's just uh, kick off today. And I just would love to, to hear maybe just an overall opinion about Israel, the importance of going for your personal relationship with Jesus and, and for your church.
1: You want me to start? You go ahead. Uh, So uh, a trip to Israel is, um, I really feel key to a church leader and their ability to uh, share the gospel because um, best way I can describe it is uh, before the first time I went to Israel, many of the things that I, I understood in scripture were kind of like black and white. And then, uh, after being to Israel, it kind of went into color. And uh, it, it was uh, you know, you might say, uh, it went from standard definition to 4K. You could call you could use a lot of different illustrations. First one was kind of a dated one, this one, so that's a little <laughs> a little better, I guess. Uh, but um, it's amazing how much we Americanize uh the things of God's Word, and to immerse yourself in the culture and to get a taste of that culture, it changes so many of your perspectives uh, in, in uh, large panoramic ways, and also in um, very small, um, almost imperceptible ways, like ways that you understand a particular scripture changes. Um, on top of all of that, I don't know that I have uh, ever let we've ever led a trip where people were not profoundly spiritually impacted and it usually happens it, at uh, a particular place for them it's never it's never like one place, but uh, there will be a moment where uh, everyone that goes on a trip, they it, it things just open up, and um, their heart opens up, and this, things change. It may be early or late in the trip. I don't put any pressure on people for that. I just know that, th- that that's going to end up happening, because there's just something about being in that place and being immersed in it that uh, really has a uh, an impact on your life uh, that that doesn't go away. It's not like going to camp where you have a high, like you have a spiritual high, and then and then you come back and it kind of dissipates. It's really not like that. Uh, it sticks with you, and, um, and it really doesn't matter how many times you go. Uh, every time you go, there's new. Uh, there's things that uh, are revealed to you that Really weren't before, and it is a pilgrimage. So another thing that I that I would always encourage people that went on trips with us is uh, if you're looking for this to be kind of a vacation, or if you're looking for this to be enjoyable or entertaining, it really isn't that. It's uh, it's a pilgrimage, and it's highly emotional, uh, and it'll exhaust you. Um, so it's not a place where you relax, and uh, it's a place where, and and you're always overloaded. So uh, the pre-work that you do to go to Israel is really important, and whatever investment you make while you're in there, to write things down, to record things, uh, that your personal impressions, uh, that's really important because... There'll be so much information that'll be pressed into you in such a short period of time that it'll be nearly impossible to retain it all. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to 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 either write or dictate, uh, like on your phone. Uh, writing is better because, or unless you're dictating, you do that when you get back in your room in the evening, and you're not just falling into the bed because you're tired. But I would really. I would encourage everyone that is a church leader to go. I know it's expensive and uh, uh, that it's hard to make time for that, but I would really encourage you to go. And uh, I would encourage you to to go on a trip and not be leading it first. Um, because to lead a trip to a place you've never been before um, that's a pretty tall order. Uh, and the nice thing about it, if you're a, if you're a preacher in a church, you can organize a trip that'll pay your way. So, uh, you don't have to have the financial burden of it if you're leading it, but, uh, it's worth, it's worth it to pay for it, uh, and have someone else lead it, uh, just to be able to take it in, uh, before you actually try to lead one yourself. Is, mm-hmm. You guys you want to add yeah, to that? That's good. How's that for, is that okay for an intro? Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, and I am going to kind of pause after each of the questions or sections. So if you guys have comments or questions <clears throat> that you'd like to add, feel free to do that. Feel free to take your mute button off and interject if you have a comment at any time or a question. And Jerry, you kind of touched on it. So where I'd like to go next is about the cost breakdown Um, in. And I know they're all different depending on length of trip and where you go. And if you do just Israel or if you go other places, too. And. so if you don't mind Uh, sharing what your experiences have been.
1: Allison does all the logistics for all of our trips. All, what I do is uh, I, I speak at the locations where that works to do that, and, and I negotiate with uh, the tour guides to go to the places I really feel like will be the, the most impacting uh, to people, but Allison is the one that does all of the uh, all the logistics. So why don't you answer that one?
2: So we, uh, we go with a pretty high end company. Uh, what I would suggest for you guys is to know your market, your financial market, the target people that you're trying to reach and their financial threshold. Um, you can go budget wise and you can get right in the $3,500 per, uh, range, and you can take it all the way up to around a 5k range per person. Uh, Each company will offer incentives for the pastor or staff, Um, and, you know, some people really use those incentives and uh, like what we call freeze. You get one free for every so many going. Uh, Some pastors use that as a financial gain. Um, Most churches uh, use that to help offset the cost of either everybody going or some of the staff that goes. So that's the general on the price usually it's a nine day, sometimes an eight day. And sometimes if you are, if you are a, a really agile group of people, I know Mark Moore can go for, he can go for like seven days and he does it super cheap, but you're camping. So, you know, everybody, it's just whatever you think your target group would appreciate.
1: Like we stay in, when we go, we stay in their highest quality hotels And uh, we uh, eat their best food, and uh, we know which hotels are uh, are the like the upscale hotels because uh, I and I don't want to do that because you know just because it's bougie or swanky. I I I don't want anything to distract people from what they're experiencing. I want them to be able to get uh, a good meal, a good night's sleep, and all of these. All of these trips are all inclusive, mm-hmm. uh, and so your your morning breakfast is usually a big buffet, and your evening meal is a big buffet. A lot of people lunches uh, some lunches are pre-planned on the road, and then sometimes they don't have a pre-plunched uh, a pre-arranged lunch. They you have it's you have to pay for that. Uh, but you could a lot of people that are like on a tighter budget they'll take they'll do a sack lunch from breakfast. And you have to be prepared to eat kosher because uh, Americans just don't understand kosher. And um, a lot of people, they need to know that ahead of time because it's a very, even though there's a ton of things that they'll put out on a buffet, it's actually from an American perspective, very limited. Um, It's a whole lot of the same thing. Um, So... uh, you need to be prepared for that you'll you'll appreciate getting back to America <laughs> and eating a greasy hamburger with bacon on it but that won't happen when you're in Israel so yeah about 3,500 to 5,000 bucks Depends. yeah and it if also college, depends on your college
2: group you can go even maybe a little cheaper if it's all men you can go faster if it's all women you can you know just depends on what you're trying who you're trying to reach
0: do you mind sharing a bit about maybe a trip that you recently led or one that you're planning? Maybe what the what the breakdown of that of that actual trip is.
2: We've taken groups. Is uh, the smallest group we took was 25 people, and at first I'm like going, this was not going to be a cool trip, but it ended up being more fun than all of my trips because they were agile and we moved quickly and we were more flexible. The trip we're taking in January or in uh, day after Christmas is 150. And I'm, I'm just wanting to survive that one. So, you know, that is a logistical, I'm gonna need a vacation after that trip. So, but it, I mean, the timing, I hit a, we hit a big target group, a, a big market in that uh, Christmas break time period. And so uh, the breakdown price wise, I, I don't have that with me. I know there's a land only price uh, that was different uh, Than an all-in, but an all-in for us is right. At, but we remember we're going with probably the most expensive group out there, and uh, because I trust where I'm going to sleep, I trust where I'm going to eat, I trust that I'm going to be safe. Uh, I know that my truck, my bus driver, I know the bus drivers and the guides, and I'm so I'm willing to pay. I get what I pay for.
1: There's uh there's a new reality too that uh, a lot of people in in the that are not a lot of people would want to use their points and so you have to break down prices like when we when allison says 3500 to 5000 she's talking about from wherever you start like if for us it's quincy illinois all in all the way to uh wherever you're going to catch your flight whatever that that flight connects to for your international flight um and uh, all of your food and hotels and entrance fees and guide and tips and everything else. The goal is you
2: don't pay anything. Once you once you get on the plane, you're done.
1: But I think a lot of, in, in more modern travel, a lot of people want to use their points. So it may be that there's an expectation that everyone is at the airport in Tel Aviv on at this particular moment. And then people might want to use their own. Uh, airline points to get there and save money and uh, that that also yeah, works that, now too the trip
2: we're doing this time has more people doing that than we've ever had so.
1: as far as when to be in israel uh, i've always preferred in late march or early april it's before the peaks uh the peak of the season so before passover yeah before passover so your prices. Tend to be a little bit further down, like a little bit more reasonable then. And I also love the spring in Israel, uh, particularly in certain areas. Well, everything like as you go up into Galilee and then all the way up to Caesarea Philippi, everything is blooming. And, uh, it's very green and the, uh, the water's coming down off of Mount Hermon into Caesarea Philippi. And it's, it's, it's a gorgeous time. Um the downside of that like in our community we have a lot of educators and farmers and uh you know clayton wanted to do the trip the day after a ride around christmas time and i was going uh going to israel in a winter i don't know if i'd really want to do that or not but you can see what happened i mean uh we i mean there was a whole a whole lot more people that were able to go then than would be able to go in uh, late March, or early April. So, uh, you have to measure that. Like how many, how many people do you want to be on the trip? How many can you manage? The big number on management ha- uh, about numbers management is a bus. So a coach that you get on in Israel holds, uh, was it 54 people, 55, 55 people. So, uh, if you want something intimate enough that you have a lot of interaction with the people that go, that you go with, and you're talking to them and teaching them, uh, and interaction with the uh, the guide and the the driver, yeah, you cap it at one bus then. Then you yeah you'd want to cap it at fifty five people. If uh, if if you're the leader and you have two buses. The people that you go with are going to want you to be on their bus, which means you'll have to go back and forth. Which Allison and I have had to do before—had to go back and forth on buses—and um, because everybody kind of wants their time with uh, their minister and to be able to talk to him and ask questions. Uh, and me personally, I uh, I have a better relationship with the bus driver than I do with the uh, the guide. Um, because the particularly my bus driver, uh, he knows stuff that nobody else knows, uh, and he's also um, multi-licensed. So uh, what that means, and this is stuff you don't know until you go there, but uh, when you go to Israel, you you go into areas that are Palestinian controlled, and you go into areas that are that are Jewish controlled. And if you go into a Palestinian controlled area like Bethlehem uh, or uh, Nazareth is also that way, like in Bethlehem, it's in the West Bank. So you have to get off your bus, then you have to get on another bus, and you have to change guides and drivers because of the law in the Palestinian controlled areas. If you get a bus driver... That is multi-licensed for both Palestinian and Jewish areas. You don't have to change buses, and uh, that's a big win. Uh, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it kind of is a big deal. I and, firmly
2: believe that one of the best drivers we have is is Mafia. Yeah. He knows more people than oh yeah, he, and he's a he's a I, total I, riot. I, 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 don't, just, I don't, don't Yeah, I don't
1: I don't go to Israel without David. <laughs> that, you know, in Israel, the familiar name for David is Dudu. And so his name's Dudu, but uh, or Duty. They call him Duty or Doodoo. And uh, I mean, he has uh, opened up uh, opportunities for us that we would have never seen other, and a lot of people never will see uh, because they just don't know. When they go there, they go to like kind of the pre-planned areas, because because uh, tour companies want to go to the places that are easiest for them and best financially for them Uh, and you have to get used to that too like they'll want to take you to gift shops where they get kickbacks and so you have to it is very like mafia so you have to you have to set all that up ahead of time so that you don't end up
2: you want to you want a daily morning with your a meeting with your driver and guide. yeah
1: you want to know where you're going and and uh, that they're not trying to pull those things over on you because they will, they flat will. Anyway, I, I, I went a little beyond that, but.
0: No, I'm glad you did. Any groups, any questions from the group here? Group questions? Do you mind sharing a bit more about maybe different companies you've used, the one that you would recommend? Uh, ones you know that other people have used and been successful with and then maybe like a I'm getting a couple questions about like an approximate guess of hey for every so many that book I get one person um, I get like me free
2: we we use Jerusalem tours um it's who we've all we've I've used for four out of five trips um and why I use them is because uh if my people And I know my people, if my people eat well, sleep well, and they feel safe,
3: um,
2: they're going to enjoy what they see. And they're paying a lot of money to see what they're going to see. And if they aren't awake or they don't feel good, it's a waste. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I tell them on the front end, I want you to pay more, but you're going to get more. And uh, their freeze, you can negotiate. Uh, It's usually one to six. Uh, This time I went one to seven. So that I can get at a at a price point that I thought I could sell to my people. Uh, we've gone, I almost went with educational opportunities. They're, they are the next one I would recommend. Um, I, just, I just wasn't quite as sure, and I wanted to be sure, so I went with what I thought was safe. But they were, they were under the price of Jerusalem Tours. And uh, I know many people use them and find them in higher quality. Uh, they um, We went with one CTI ages ago before the Intifada that took a lot of companies out of business. Are you talking about
1: Ronnie? The Ronnie yeah, Ronnie.
2: and I don't even think they're in business anymore. Yeah,
1: but uh, I'll tell you somebody else that's on this uh, Zoom meeting that was on that tour. And that's uh, Ken Eidelman. Ken and Kayleen Eidelman were on that uh, trip with us with Ronnie and Darlene Epps and Reggie Epps and uh, David Stokes and and Ken was one of the guys who was teaching on that trip, and I don't think if I would have been on that trip or the extension to Greece with him, I would have ever been at the crossing because he was responsible for that. He was the guy responsible for getting me there, and it happened on that trip, didn't it, Ken? Hmm. <laughs>
2: So that's that's who the companies we would go. It's usually one to. Uh, I knew there's. I know there's one out of Dallas we looked into, and that was one to five even. So um, I just can't remember the name of that one off the top of my head.
1: Now some some pastors they. Uh, I don't know who. I'm not going to say who if I think I know who. Uh, they tend to utilize uh, trips to Israel, uh, and and they they
2: monetize
1: it yeah they monetize it that's a nice way of saying they monetize it for themselves yeah uh i never we never did that so uh yeah yeah we would we would always pass that whatever savings that was on to lower the price for everyone else unless there were other people on staff we wanted to take Mm -hmm. And, and we would utilize that as a as a perk for people on staff i know that Don Wilson told us a long time ago that if you'd been on staff, was it for five years, mm-hmm. as a full-time person for five years, that was something that he would do. He would make sure that you had your way paid to go uh, to Israel. And, and what we did, what we did that as well uh, for our campus pastors and other full-time people that had been five years full-time, and then we would pay half of their spouse uh, to go. Mm-hmm. along with them
2: the church would pay
1: the church would pay that that was not through the tour company
0: mm-hmm. how about the preparation for the group everything from do you have a lot of control over that itinerary when you're working with the travel company all the way to how how much time do you plan ahead of time and how do you prepare the church how do you get people involved to come for our
2: market because our church is not uh financially um well where our median income i give a year in advance and that gives people time to uh budget or do a payment plan or whatever i know some people do as little as nine six months i've seen that done but you 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 you're playing got to be pretty you got to be pretty risky on that at six months but i wouldn't go any smaller than six months and a year is max um to uh to plan ahead to give them financial time uh what i do my job is to make sure again that you eat sleep fly whatever well his job that so i'm logistics his job is to talk to the guide and the uh, well, we driver we- and we set up we do talk to jerusalem tours ahead of time and say. Uh, okay, they'll give us a standard where we want to go, and I've uh, there's many times I've said no. We're too many churches. I don't want to do churches. I want to do. I want to see land. I want to see the real deal. Don't give me where they think they are or where tradition is, or you know. And um, we've we've negotiated that. We negotiated the Southern baptismal site versus the um, Yard net. Uh, I would not do yardinet. I would do Southern, but. Yes, you definitely want to negotiate with your uh, tour company and even, and then the tour company will do something to some extent, but then it's really boots on the ground with the guide and the driver because the guide is the one who's paying all the entry fees in and the driver is the one getting you there safely.
1: Um, so kind of two things. One is we do an in-depth Bible study for weeks with all the people that are going ahead of the trip. So three, three months out. Yeah, for three months, they they have, and and I'm sure we'll probably do that like as online because uh, we have 11 sites, 11 locations. And uh, uh, that helps them to get more prepared. We, we usually give them a, a like a devotional guide that they can use and they can write in when they're there. Uh, but we give that to them ahead of time so that they can go through and we can study the places that we're going to see before we see them. Um, that, act, that really helps. Uh, and then when you're there, like what Allison's saying, ahead of time, I'll tell the tour company, uh, I want to be sure we go here, 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 and here. And then I'll also tell them, uh, I don't necessarily need to see Uh, these other locations like big churches they tend to the tour companies are pretty interdenominational so uh, they assume sometimes you want to go to a bunch of big catholic and eastern orthodox churches and uh, And maybe
2: you do and if you do that's great if you don't yeah and
1: i i'm not really uh, interested in going to see a lot of those unless they house something that I really that we I feel like that that that'll really be spiritually enriching to them that they really want to see. I also like to go and do places that have a they're tactile that you actually can experience things. Um, I uh, one place I always tell tell them I want to go is to Caesarea Philippi. Uh, it's way up in the north. It's just a couple of miles away. Uh, from the Syrian border, and so sometimes they'll be a little bit iffy on that, but the idea of what you see there, and how the Bible comes to life there, uh, with what, that's where, you know, Jesus said, who do people say that I am, and Peter gives the the good confession, the great confession, Mm -hmm. and there's there's, there's things that you can see there, that if you don't know they're there, they won't take you there, like there's a, a pathway that goes up. There's a Roman bridge, and there and there is a waterfall up there where the water coming down from Mount Hermon is just gushing out of there. I mean, it looks it's an amazing spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, when uh in the when the psalmist wrote, you know that that you how good and pleasant when brothers and dwell together in unity. It's like the waters coming down from Mount Hermon. You see that there. And when Jesus said, you know, on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You see that at Caesarea Philippi, you see the, the mm-hmm. temple to Pan that was built there, the, what they considered the gate of hell or the gate to the underworld and how Jesus was using the physical realities right in front of him uh, to explain what he was going to do in building the church is really powerful when you get to teach it and just you just can point over there and say, you see that, you see that, and you see that. And then they can go up and interact with it. Uh, and like Caesarea Philippi, you need to be there first thing in the morning before all the other buses get there. So I know that. So I'll tell them, look, I want to be at Caesarea Philippi at 8 a.m., which means that day they're going to leave early, which means they need to go to bed early. That's the only day that you really get uh, pushed on an early morning departure. Like Allison said, going to the Southern Baptismal site is the place you want to go. You don't want to go to Yardinet. People go to Yardinet because it's really easy. It's uh, uh, it's really comfortable for people who want to get baptized. They have sidewalks underneath the Jordan River and and handrails so that you don't fall. And they have the robes and all that stuff's real easy to do it's just not where jesus baptized it's not where john baptized that was the southern site, and the southern site is also the place where the israelites crossed and they set up 12 stones the ark of the covenant went across uh the jordan river when they took the land of israel it has it has so much more significance Hmm. than that and And it looks like the Jordan River, like that's the spot where the Jordan River really looks like the Jordan River where it's muddy. It's like where Naaman went to be, you know, had to dip down. He goes, why do I want to be baptized in that dirty river? That's why. And it it carries a lot of there's a lot of power in that site when you go to that site to be baptized or Mm. uh, to witness baptisms of people. Uh, so I would highly, highly recommend that. There's a lot of other things like that that I could tell you, but that's that's a couple of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Allison was kind enough to write me out a list of like the top spots that you should stop. So when we release this recording next week, I'll be sure to include that list with the email so that you have that list of information as well as, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm okay to say this, uh, jerry and allison's email or definitely allison's so you can contact them if you have any questions as you're planning um questions Hmm. or comments i
3: would i would just uh accent what jerry said about the devotional value of the trip and capitalizing on the garden tomb the sea of galilee um the mount of olives you know you know the the sites where significant things happen, and and drawing a straight line between that site and and the scripture that that goes with it, if uh, if someone can take that responsibility, uh, that's that's really uh, impactful for the, the people who are a part of the trip. So true. Uh,
1: when we take the the uh, the boat trip across the Sea of Galilee, we always start on the far side. Of the Sea of Galilee, and and you we come into where the oh the Jesus boat is, and they can see that the the archaeological find. But uh I'll have them stop the boat in the middle of the water, and and you know since the Sea of Galilee is not that big, you can see where Capernaum is, you can see where Bethsaida is, you can see where uh, the uh, Mount of the Beatitudes is, and I'll just ask people. I'll go give me a story of Jesus. Just call one out. And, and, and someone will say, you know, uh, uh, Jesus multiplied loaves of fishes. And I can say right over there Mm. and I can point to where it is and you can see it all. So (laughs) like you can literally point out that happened right there. That happened right there. That happened And, and all the stories that they that they love and been raised with, you can literally point to where it happened. Mm-hmm. And and uh, being out there on the sea and doing that and meditating on that, and then maybe singing, because uh, they'll stop the boat for you, and uh, to sing together on the boat, and then to think about, you know, what what you're witnessing, where you're where you are. Mm-hmm. In Tabga, uh, there's a, a place of the confession of Peter, like when, when Simon Peter, when he walked him on the beach and, you know, do you love me more than these? There's a place there where you can actually put your, you can actually wade out into the Sea of Galilee. And when I, we take people, that's what I want them to do. I, I want to take off your shoes and socks, roll up your your pant legs and step into the water Mm -hmm. because it's different. It's different when you see it. It's different when you're actually standing in it. Mm -hmm. Things like that to me Mm -hmm. have a a lot of power.
2: So on my end, and these are great stories, but as the logistical person, I'm taking, I'm taking cash with me and I'm telling the guide to tell the driver of the boat, stop the boat. And there's an extra 10 bucks.
1: Yeah. And then you bribe.
2: And when we're going down the Mount (laughs) of Olives and we want to stop at some certain side of Mount of Olives and they say, no, that's not, that's full. Well, it's only full until a $20 bill appears and then it's not full. And maybe a 50 now, but uh, some of that is your guide. Your guide needs to know what type of people you have. Are you a fast moving group? um are you a slower group and you just want to you're okay with slow but you just really want to absorb it in uh you want to ask your tour company what kind of guide do you want do you want a chris do you want a believing jew as a guide uh, a messianic jew those are great do you want a guide who will push people saying you know almost because a lot of your guides are ex-military so they know how to push people and that doesn't make you the bad guy. That makes the guide the bad guy, like hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Or do you want a guide who's just go with the flow? He's going to let the pastor speak anytime he wants for as long as he ta- as he wants. We had one of those guys, he was, he was a great Israeli, but he was French. And he's like, I'm French. I don't care what time it is. You know, <laughs> I love that about him, but then we didn't get to see as much. What type, ta- you need to communicate with your guide the type of things that you want your people to see and then advocate for your people and always have uh, some built in some extra cash in your pocket to do some padding if necessary.
1: Allison mentioned like the, uh, the garden of Gethsemane. You, you go down the, uh, the Palm Sunday road from the top of the Mount of Olives and you take this, this, this narrow road, walk it, you walk this narrow road down to the church of all nations. Well, The Church of All Nations is on your on your left, but there is a gate on your right, and uh, it goes into a private part of uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. By
2: the Church of
1: England. Yeah. So if you can go in there, you can actually circle your people up, and you can have like a a devotional time with them, and then they can go over to the Church of All Nations and see the Rock of Agony and and all of that but that was that was a we, we've always tried to be able to do that we don't always get to but we we've, we've always tried to, to do that
2: well if you speak ahead they can try and reserve it but like months in advance
1: mm-hmm. there's a there's a great place in Bethlehem if you have a guide or a driver that is able to go in both locations where you can go into a shepherd's field and actually see like a cave That was that was used to to house animals, and and there's no building built over it. I mean, it's just very basic. But uh, Palestinian areas are controlled by families. It is very mafia-like, and so you can only go in there if you get approval of a particular family. They also had a great restaurant there that we ate and had a great time. There's stuff. There's just so many things like that that you want to be able to get familiar with. Uh, because it just gives it gives such a such color We we drive up from the south to go to jerusalem i'm sorry if i'm going okay go ahead (laughs) i get pretty excited about it so you drive up from the south and you go through the valley of elah so the bus driver is like uh you know he's driving by and i say stop the bus pull the bog buses over and they'll do it for you and then I tell everybody to get out and walk over, and uh, we walk over on the other side of the street to a brook. And I go, pick up a rock. And they'll pick up a rock, and I'll go, You're standing in the valley of Elah. You're standing where David fought Goliath. You're standing at a brook by where five small stones were picked up. Mm-hmm. And it just changes everything.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: it's a whole lot better than going to a gift shop
4: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and never- what those guys will do So I want don't want you to go to gift shops and you and this is what's better anyway I'm You'll sorry never-
3: I, I get I get work last
2: out. thing I, I would say one of the last things is what you decide as the pastor what you want to do do you want to meet do you want to lead the group do you want the guy to lead the group Do you just wanna talk to your people and have strategic conversations with strategic people on strategic things? So for this particular trip, I'm logistics, Jerry's teaching and Clayton is gonna be, he just wants to meet with people, strategic people that he can have quality time with that he would never get back in the States. So if you're that person, you need to have someone on the trip who who is your logistics person. If you're fine with logistics it's a small group then every you know then we're a family and then we're just going um but i would think about what you would want and if you're taking your spouse what your spouse would want
1: you can see how Allison tries to keep me under control here (laughs) which is which is what she does the whole time the whole time we're there i
2: taught preschool for 20 years (laughs) and i can do logistics and i can treat spoiled americans (laughs) like they want to be treated and jerry sometimes has to walk away and (laughs) count 10 and preach about something else so so true
0: you you guys make a really good team (laughs) a really good team uh questions comments
3: i just started to say you never read your bible the same way again after you've been to the holy Land.
2: absolutely
1: so true And,
3: and you're you're uh the distinctive of the Bible really comes through. It's, it's so different than the Quran and all the books that have are fil- mere philosophical proposition. Religious books that are mere philosophical proposition. Whereas, whereas um, God's word is tied to geography, is tied to history, and um, it just really makes you proud. You, you're a follower of Jesus.
1: Absolutely true.
3: I'll give Absolutely. you. I'll give you a unique experience I had over there. Uh we had a free day up in Galilee. And so me and a guy named Shannon McCready, we rented bikes and we rode our bikes around the Sea of Galilee. It cool. a all day and I thought I was gonna die, but we got it through it was it was pretty cool. It was it was a good trip. It got pretty hot though. Mm.
1: I'd say a good resource. Uh we went with Don Wilson, which means we saw everything in like two seconds. So <laughs>
2: I can't go Um, as fast as Don. It was
1: a lot like
4: you, Allison. It was like, Don, let him look at this place for a second. But, anyways, (laughs) um, uh, right by us is um, where I'm at is Dudley Rutherford. Some of
1: you guys know him. I think he's actually in Israel right now, but Dudley put together a great book
0: um, Mm -hmm. that is a good
1: resource if anyone's taken a group. And it just kind of gives some biblical background for every
3: major place that you go I don't know if any of you have seen it but I think that's a good resource Mm -hmm.
0: I think the biggest um, my goal is that the biggest uh, lesson that people are walking away with today is if you haven't been and you're a church leader go on a trip with another group and just let that trip pour into your life and pour into your heart And then secondary to that, consider leading your church on a group to Israel. And my question for Allison and Jerry is how have you seen your church change after these different trips you've taken over the years?
2: In In my opinion, my, there's a lot of headache in planning a trip. There can be a lot of headache until I get them over there and I, when I see and I, I see them put a story that they've known for a long time and they put the smell and the touch and the parameters with it and I see them wake up, I, I'm, I'm there, I'm done, I'm, I'm finished. Like, okay, I did my job. This is awesome. This, I do it again just to see that look on your face.
1: People that have gone on that trip with us, they're never the same. Like they don't hear a sermon the same ever again. They don't. They don't attend a small group or a or a Sunday school class the same every. They're just different. They're different for, forever. And I think if you uh, ask them, it'll say that they would say that it was a pinnacle. Like it was a, it was one of the highest points of their life. Uh, and uh, th- they, th- their frustration would be. Being able to recollect it all, and uh, a lot of them would ha- would say, "I need to go again."
4: Mm. And
1: it would it would be because they just weren't able to. I mean, there's so too much information to assimilate, and uh, and and but and that that is frustrating. But um, yeah, it's that's really rewarding when when mm. you see that happen in people.
2: And then if you can. At the very end, on your way back, no matter where you stop, you take, you as the pastor, take 24 to 48 hours in wherever your layover is and just veg out for a little bit. Yeah,
1: that's for for ministers, extensions are really good because they they allow you to decompress from uh, Israel, from the emotion of Israel.
2: And the responsibility of the other
0: people
1: yeah and, and yeah definitely <laughs> and, and mm. most people are they, they'd be able to get i mean you probably have someone that'll be going on the trip that can get the you know get them through uh, uh immigration yeah. and yeah. wherever they're going
4: through immigration
3: hmm.
0: Any we're going we're, we're going to outside?
4: uh uh israel in october and um one of the things I think you touched on that uh, we went over in our first meeting is that shop that sells nativity scenes in Bethlehem. I said, I don't care if you buy one, but you're matching that with giving the next month.
2: No, Some no. of those
4: things are like $70,000 or something. And you ship them back. I was like, I don't care what wood it's made out of. I don't care how old you're matching that. So we had that talk and you can't go to Israel with us if you buy one of those and don't match and it. I'm so telling you, we did the same
2: thing. We waited for this one couple at a gift shop. She's buying this necklace. I find out how much she spent on that necklace. And I'm like, I know that you haven't given that much to the church in the last three years. And I don't even know what people give. And I know you haven't given that much.
4: <laughs> and that, and that, I think that's another thing that uh, of course I went with Don as well, uh, like Rob. And uh, one of the things that, um, That this trip taught me is who has money. Yeah. You know, I didn't know some of these people had money. They paid the first day it came. We're going with Discovery Tours or something. And I had no idea they could throw $10,000 the next day down, but
2: they did. You know, they did.
4: So it's a learning experience.
0: You still have open spots on your trip? Us? Yep.
2: I got about, well, for you, yes. But no, for everybody else. I'm
0: just <laughs> saying if, if, if there are pastors that are in spite. Oh, I, um, I have about
2: five, it's five to six. <clears throat> oh, and the other thing I really make people do that I learned from the last time, you gotta pass a physical exam.
0: Oh yeah. Like uh, what kind so of physical so- exam? You, well,
2: you gotta be able to walk. <laughs> I had one lady the last time who said, oh, I can walk, my doctor cleared me. She couldn't even get out of O'Hare Airport without a without a wheelchair. And I I really thought that Jerry and Clayton were gonna kill me at that point. And uh, they probably deserved to. So now this time, everybody's gotta show me that they can walk X amount of miles per day and there's no ADA. So if you have knee issues like I do, bring one brace, two brace, whatever drugs, you know, you got to be able to walk it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's always new things happening in, in Israel uh, because of archaeology. And so uh, w- what you've seen before, y- you might uh, th- You have to walk further. <laughs> yeah, well, there's like all the, all the excavations at the City of David, wh- which is an underground tunnel that goes from uh, the Pool of Siloam all the way up to uh, close to the Southern Steps. That, you don't want to miss that. Uh, That's really powerful. Uh, uh, And they're excavating the Pool of Siloam right now, the whole thing, which is a giant pool. And they just have a little of it excavated, but now they're in a whole process to do that. That's a big deal. Uh, The the, uh, archeological museum at the base of the Temple Mount, is beautiful. Need to to walk in there. I always love to speak at the Southern Steps, where the Day of Pentecost probably for that sermon happened. Uh, there's a tunnel, the rabbinic tunnels that uh, that go along the Western Wall. Um, there's just you can go right up to the the Golden Gate now. Used to not be able to do that. Uh, because there's a cemetery there, but they actually put a sidewalk through that cemetery so you can walk right up to the uh, the Eastern Gate, uh, which is another powerful experience. Last time we were there, we were able to be on the Temple Mount.
2: Only because we had a secular Jew as a guide. Yeah.
1: Not an Orthodox. Uh, we've only been up on the Temple Mount twice, I think, and five times. Uh... Uh, yeah, there's just a lot. There's a lot to download. So if you guys have questions, more questions, just send them to Allison. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and she'll ask me or whatever. And, and, and we can help you if you're going to do a tour and you're saying, hey, uh, tell me about this or that. We, we, we are, we're we happy to share that with you.
0: And I shared Allison's email in the chat. hmm.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Well, I hope you guys are inspired inspired to go to Israel, and if you did before, I hope that you're inspired to go again, Uh, and I just am super thankful to Jerry and Allison for talking with us today and just sharing the real information. I know sometimes that's hard for you guys to get, you know, just real information about where do you go, what are the tips, how do I do this, what are the right ways to do this, um, so hopefully you walk away with with a bit of that information. And now you have the resource of you can go to Jerry and Allison anytime and ask them a question about, hey, I want to do this. What's the best next step? Yeah, we're not pushing
2: a company.
1: We don't have any. Yeah, no, alter, no, yeah. modes, no kickbacks from us.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's something else I love about you guys, too. <laughs> any final questions? Uh, or comments that you guys have for Jerry and Allison. And then Ken, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask for you to pray for us here after we make sure there's no questions or comments.
3: Surely. Mm -hmm. All right, Ken. Mm -hmm. Father God, I thank you for these past few minutes that we've been able to focus on the real place where uh, jesus came to earth i thank you that that the maker of the sun walked under its rays and the creator of the earth walked upon it and the designer of the human body confined himself to one for 33 years and and uh, thank you for the record of his life and birth and life and ministry and death and resurrection. That, have changed our lives and more than that, changed our destinies and, and uh, blessed our marriages and our families and, and uh, uh, given us hope for a, a wonderful future. Thank you for the truth of your word that's confirmed by the, the archaeology and geography and uh, that's out there and help us to just keep learning and growing and sharing the inspiration with others in our circles of acquaintances, circles of influence. And thank you for Jerry and Allison and for their their uh, transparency and for the inspiration of these moments that we've shared together. And We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for hanging out with us. Have a great week. Thanks, Jerry and Allison. Love you guys. Thank
3: you. Yeah.